When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN SC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined in the studio today by Craig Burley and Shaka Hislop. No surprise where we're going to start today's show, and that's at Old Trafford, where Manchester United got knocked out of the Carabao Cup, the defending champions losing 3-0 to Newcastle. Frank LeBeouf uh, joins us, but uh, Craig, I want, to, I want to start with you. How bad is this for United? Many times you've known me to be lost for words. I don't know, not many. It's so bad, I don't know where to start. I've sort of got my head in my hands going, we've talked about this so much. We've talked about this United side this season so much and how bad it's been. That was a new low and I'm now like, where do you start here? Because... Newcastle coughed up an opportunity with their injuries, with all the competitions they've got coming up, in particular the Champions League, which they are going to be competitive in all of these competitions, maybe not the Champions League all the way through, but the other competitions, where Man United are not. So they have all these things to think about, suspensions, injuries, put a team out that had at least seven players you wouldn't say were uh, regular starters, and United put out all right, they left out some of the big heads, Rashford, Fernandez, Rasmus Hoyland didn't start, but they still played Casemiro and, and others. Amrabat came on, Juan Bissaka came on at half-time and Amrabat, that was a bit strange. Yeah. Some more strange substitutions. Mm. Uh, Bruno Fernandez came on in the second half with Rashford. Guess what, he moaned at the referee uh, a few times, just for a change. Uh, so I really, I mean, it's just another shambles. There's no other way to describe it. And we saw so many cutaways of the manager again, Eric Ten Hag, because he's the flavour of the month, isn't he, for the TV companies. Let's go for a cutaway of Eric Ten Hag, because he looks lost, just completely lost. Let, 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 me, let me put this in some perspective. Who is manning the match for Manchester United? In, in, in all these games, you have sponsors, and invariably there's a man of the match that, that, that's named for, for the home team. Who gets named man of the match today? And, and while admittedly we've been trying to keep our eye on a number of different games, there is not a single player that I, I can think of made any meaningful contribution to Manchester. And there were players with good reason to step up. Casemiro, of course, back from injury. Mason Mount, who hasn't hit the ground running. Mm -hmm. You look at Anthony trying to silence his critics after what he did on Sunday, yet nobody did. Martial. No one. Yeah. Again. And it's almost as though, I don't want to say that everybody was that bad. It wasn't a, a series of glaring mistakes by a bunch of individuals. It was just nobody doing anything. Mm. Nobody doing anything. It's not as though we could point to Onana making a mess with, with a couple of soft shots or Maguire doing something silly. We, we can't point to any glaring mistakes like that. And yet still, we, sit, we have absolutely no idea who did anything. Uh, Mark Ogden and Nader Manure at Old Trafford. Mark, I want to start with you because you've followed Manchester United for a very long time. How low in the history of lows is this low? <laughs> well, we see Mark smiling, um, but I think it may be a somewhat of a sarcastic okay. smile. As, okay. uh, as we got, we got no sound. Uh, we got no sound at the moment. Frank, what uh, surprised us watching this game was the lack of response after the City match. That's that was really appalling what I saw and I'm very surprised because yeah you can understand a loss against Manchester City you can say yeah there is a levels of differences uh, and differences of uh, uh, of uh, maybe talent uh, inside both teams but today we saw nothing so make credit to the the magpies because they did what they had to do and they they were very brave and they and they worked hard and they and they, they created a difference that we saw but from Manchester United, as the guy says, we 
we cannot mention a player who at least did average, was only average. They were all horrendous, like nowhere there, no spirit, no uh, happiness whatsoever to be on the field at Old Trafford wearing the, the, the Red Devil sh uh, shirt. That's, I never seen Manchester United like that. That's the worst of the worst uh, that I've seen uh, from uh, Manchester United players. You see rotation, you see some other players coming, but you see nothing changing. You see that a, 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 yeah, a group of players just being there, and you know that's crazy. We call it Manchester United. I had already said that before, that everything but United, what I saw today. There is no reaction, no leadership. That's crazy. I never seen that club that low for me uh, in, a, in a recent time. I'm going to be intrigued by whenever we get it. Uh, probably won't get it in time tonight, but <laughs> I'll be hearing later and maybe tomorrow. Maybe we will be lucky and Ten Hag will put his head above the parapet and say something with some sort of normalcy and not the BS that he's been coming out with. Because people are seeing through that now. Yeah. And if you're not seeing through it, you don't know what you're looking at. To start with, these Manchester United players, most of them are, are incapable of doing the first basic of this sport at any level. And that's to work as hard or harder than the opposition. They fail miserably at the very first basic. And then the rest of it falls like a pack of cards. Mm. Right? And it starts with the big timers, the Antonys, the Rashfords with a new contract, the Bruno Fernandes who goes away with Portugal and looks like a, a world beater. And when he comes back here, he's just a moaner and a groaner. Uh, it starts with all these people. And it just filters and it has filtered all the way through. And I tell you what, he's got to be close now, Eric Ten Hag. They go to Fulham at the weekend, who set 14th, I believe it is. They haven't had the best start this year under Marco Silva. But they go to Craven Cottage. And if they have another disaster, and that's what this is tonight, a disaster when you look at the two teams, he has to be close. Because yeah. he's, not, he's run out of ideas, Dan. He has, he has shown himself, at the moment he's shown that last year was nothing more then got, got a bit lucky, got results, got to your cup final, didn't play great against Newcastle, won it, got in the top four. That's just all gone now. That seems to me they huffed and puffed and managed to do it. He's not been able to back that up. Uh, allied to that, a bunch of wasters really within this squad. And he's been, you know, he's culpable for bringing some of them in, not them all, but some. The weekend... If it wasn't huge before this game tonight, it's now humongous because of Fulham embarrassed them. What are the Glazers going to do? Mm. What are they going to do? Sit there and talk about a 25% uh, sale to Ineos and Jim Ratcliffe? I mean, the fans want these people out of the club. I'm not suggesting these performances are because of the Glazers, right? But this whole thing needs a huge broom coming in just sweeping it clean top to bottom. It's not going to happen because they're only interested in money. But my God, it absolutely stinks at the moment. Uh, let's see our connection. I think it's back on now with uh, Mark and Nader. Um, Mark, how bad was it tonight? Oh, it was really bad. I mean, uh, I've seen Liverpool win here 5-0. I've seen plenty of Man City wins here, the 6-1. But against those teams, you're playing against some of the strongest teams in, in the world, never mind the Premier League. But this was Newcastle's second string tonight and United is... I mean, not only did they not turn up, they were just played off the pitch and it just a lack of effort, a lack of energy, a lack of quality. And I think this is as low, I want to say it's as low as it can get. I mean, it's the Carabao Cup, so that is the one saving grace. It's not the Premier League. I mean, the guys are talking then about Ten Hag being under threat. I think the big issue for the Glazers over the years has been Champions League qualification. As soon as that becomes apparent they're not going to make it, they do start to make decisions. But I do think the problem they've got is that they're in talks right now with Ineos about a takeover. Can they... Can they make the decision to get rid of a manager without these potential new investors coming in? But the investment hasn't been... Obviously, we just uh, lost connection there. Yeah, <laughs> Frank, our, our, connection is, Frank. our connection is good as uh, the performance, the, the, the performance no, but that, but that from is, United. That does, muddle, that does sort of muddy the waters, doesn't it? This whole, you know, 
It's not. A, it's been. A, it's going to be a takeover with with Qatari investment. Then it was Jim Ratcliffe, Sineos, or obviously a very successful businessman. Businessman owns other football clubs. The Glazers holding out for huge sums of money. Huge sums of money. So this is rattled on and on and on, and it just it just means decision making. Uh, yeah, I mean, is it on hold? I mean, if they lose 4-0 at Fulham yeah. at the weekend... But then, if they lose 4-0 at Fulham, and that's, who and are they going to bring in? Who is going to come in and steady well, their ship? We've been there. Ralph Ranick, of course, well, in Ralph, the past. Ralph, you know, Ralph Ranick. You, you, you take a look at decisions that have been made in the past. But what else? What do you... What else, listen, would it be a surprise if they got the pants taken down at Fulham again at the weekend? Right? The answer is no. So what do they do? What, 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 what do they do? Do they just keep saying, okay, well, we're just going to keep going, get getting beat 1 0, 2 0, 3 0, 4 0? How do they sell it? Listen, hmm. uh, they, they have a run of games now Fulham, Luton, Everton in the league, Copenhagen, Galatasaray in the Champions League. To, to Craig's point, and, and I've, I've been feeling all along that Manchester United will not set Ten Hag. And, and Mark spoke about it, kind of given the, the moving parts, shall we call it, at, at the football club and um, the Ineos investment coming in and what does that mean? But in those five games, I, I, if things continue to trend as, as they are now, I'm not sure how you defend it. I, I, I mean, Luton, Everton, Fulham, th th those are games that Manchester United should win with second and third strings teams. Now, all of a sudden, yes, you're... You, kind of survive at home against Copenhagen, now you're looking at going there and really wondering if... But when's the last time United like, dominated a sign? In this scene, they haven't. They, 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 they really haven't. And, and for me, it's amazing how um, last season has contrasted with, 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 with this. And, and I'm wondering what, what does Ten Hag need to do? While we were full of praise for how he managed Cristiano Ronaldo, now you start to wonder if that kind of sparked the dressing room. If how we managed that kind of gave the players some belief and now he's struggling to, 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 to rekindle that. Have, having having a, a strong response to Ronaldo and having a strong response to San, Jean Sancho are not the same thing. That is not going to incur the same kind of response around your authority in the dressing room. And so he's struggling, it seems, to motivate these players. It's, he's struggling to put together a game plan against good opposition. And all those co things coming together, you get the kind of performances that you see today. He, he was, uh, to answer your question, I think they dominated 30 minutes away at Tottenham. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then they got steamrolled for the rest of it. Pretty much, pretty much about it. I mean, they defended okay at Arsenal for, I mean, that's about, yeah, I'm, I'm searching here, defended okay for periods. Uh, were outplayed by a lot of teams and took a 10, you know, a sending off, dodgy sending off against Forrest at home. Uh, to help them over the line in that game, and the list the list is endless. Where was Newcastle when Eddie Howe took over? The bottom three. Bottom. No, bottom. bottom. Dead, bo dead last. They've spent money, but how many how many players have they bought that's been 100 million? What was Isaac? 67? Yeah. That was about yeah. 70. Got Dan Bond yeah. from Brighton. Yeah. yeah. Got Botman in. Uh, Tonali, obviously, the big money move. Well, we 70 million, but that's still not, still 30 or 40 short. Trippy, you know, all these solid, solid pros, right? That's the difference. Solid pros. Guys that came in, want to work, want to do the job, understand the job. And as Augie said before he got cut off there, you've just been outplayed. And the stats will say United had more possession, but it's possession for possession state. You were outplayed, outpassed by Newcastle's second string. Newcastle. And if you'd listened to uh, Eddie Howe over the last 24 hours, bemoaning the injuries and all the players he's got missing and all the stuff that Newcastle are in these days and that's part of the job... You'd have thought Newcastle had no chance mm -hmm. turning up today. If you're going to put a bet on you, they went, you've no chance. This manager's almost waving a white flag. But guess what? Turn up Manchester United. Yep. The team that everybody wants to play at the moment. And 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 yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with the manager, but he looks to me. I mean, what is their team going to be in Saturday at Luton? They yeah. play Saturday morning, 8.30 Eastern time, uh, away at Craven Cottage. What's he going to do? Who's he going to play at the back? Who's he going to play in the middle? Who's he going to play up front? Who's he going to play wide? Nobody knows. Uh, let's uh, go third time lucky back to Old Trafford. We'll try Nadem. Uh, Nadem, as a former player, watching that performance from those Manchester United individuals today, what struck you? Um, to be honest, you know, everyone knows I have that blue perspective, but just sitting here 
watching the game from that ex-professional standpoint, I thought that performance was pathetic. I think that was disappointing on so many levels. And in my mind, after a derby game that was at the weekend, it's a privilege to get a chance to play here to try and address the situation with the fans and with the moment to get your side back in on something. But there was nothing really on, on that field that showed me that there was any real desire to try and deal with that. And as the game was progressing, you see Newcastle score on this score too. How can Newcastle's second string be more comfortable on this pitch than you are yourselves? I thought it was a complete disgrace, to be honest. And I don't usually get involved in that type of discourse. But I was embarrassed as, as I was looking at it there. Like, who's going to step forward, put a tackle in, try and drive, get the crowd going, do something? But there was nothing. It's like they were all too comfortable just trying to look good. I'll just do this. I'll just do that. And where I'd want to be more than anything in this moment is in that dressing room after the game to hear what are discussions that are being had? Because it's not a case of, oh, we're unlucky. Like, there should be anger in there. Because if you're going to step out on the field and give off that type of performance, then why are you here? Why are you playing for one of the biggest clubs in the world? And why do you think that's okay in front of 72,000 fans? I generally thought that's one of the worst performances I've seen. And with the added context of the derby game that's just been, and the context that even Newcastle themselves, they came here trying to protect players. That's why they put out the second string. And that's what you come out with, a 3-0 loss at home. That, for me, is one of the worst performances I've seen from Manchester United. And as I say, even though I'm not a Red, I'm, I'm stunned by it because I did not expect that at all. Mark, it's interesting Naden brings up the fact as to what's going on in the dressing room now. Well, there was no fight on the pitch during the 90 minutes. So why would there be a fight or why would there be any sort of discussion or any sort of emotion shown in the dressing room afterward? Yeah, I wish you would see some emotion, actually, because even, even if the players showed a bit of emotion on the pitch, just to be angry with each other. But I mean... I've heard it's not the happiest dressing room, but that's no surprise, is it? I mean, the team have played terribly, and, you know, if it's a unified dressing room, there'd be something wrong, but there just lacks... I mean, that word leadership gets used too often. There's more character. There's no character yeah. on the, in the team. And I think that's what it lacks to me, the sense that nobody out there is prepared to bring the team together. I mean, I was sat next to Nady, we were almost laughing at Harry Maguire at the end when he, he had a chance to clear a header in the, in the six-yard box, and he missed it twice. You know, he's a centre-half, and he missed the header twice. And it's just... It's just so many mistakes creeping in and it, it looks like a team that smells blood in terms of the manager they know the manager's on shaky ground now and this, some of these players have seen off three managers they've seen off Mourinho they've seen off Solskjaer and they're probably going to see off Ten Hag as well but whoever the next manager is if they get to that point and they probably will sooner rather than later it's got so many players yeah. to get rid of I, I, what, sorry what I would say is, sorry to jump in what I would say as well there'll be teams with less talent than Manchester United put out today that would put forward a better performance than that so yeah. you've got to ask the question why was it that bad is it the individuals? Is it the fact that maybe they're not, they've not have the same belief in the manager? But like I say, that, that was genuinely appalling. It was angry. And as Frank was saying, like, you look at it and say, what is this? Like, this idea of, you know, this is Manchester United and so on. Whatever, but this is a chance to react after having one of your worst performances at the weekend. And you marry it up by going yeah. even worse again. You see, towards the end of the social reign, I was told that a lot of the players felt they weren't coached properly. And they felt that oh, top-level players wanted, wanted better coaching. Well, they've got a supposedly top-level coach in Ten Hag now. But I think the issues they might have is they look at the team sheet and whenever he's fit, Anthony plays. Now, Anthony's not good enough for Man United. And if you're a Man United player and you're thinking, why is he in the team? He's not doing anything. He's not contributing whatsoever. And, you know, we're getting criticised every week because we're losing games. But you've got players like Anthony who are just clearly not up to it. Yeah. Who, and, the, and, and that puts doubt, of, doubt into the players' minds about the manager's judgement. Because the manager's, manager's judgement is poor if he picks Anthony week after week after week. He's not good enough. I, I would say as well, as I'm sure Craig would attest this and everyone that's played here, this used to be one of the worst places in the world to come and play football. Mm. These used to be one of the worst teams to be playing against. And now I'd reckon most teams going forward would be looking forward to playing against them. Because you can see that they have a bit of a soft centre. They don't really have that drive, that desire, that passion that maybe they've had in times gone by. And you see they don't believe in each other. And we're saying it also during the game that you look at this team and whoever scouts Man United's players, there's no pace in the team. None of the players can run properly or, or get around the pitch. And it's like, when they look at players, do they not look at players and think, well, has he got the ability to get box to box? Can he get up the pitch? Can They're all the same. They're all one-paced. And if you've got one-paced players in midfield and one-paced players at fullback, you're going to get beaten all the time because teams with pace and movement can, co can control the game and beat you every week. And it's just, it's the basics. And Eric Ten Hag is supposed to be a manager with the credentials of a top-level coach, he must see that. I mean, I, I'm, just a, I'm just a football reporter, I'm a journalist, I'm not, I'm not an ex-player or coach, and I can see it. So what's Ten Hag seen? Is he seen anything? So does it make any difference, Mark? If you've got this team of slow, rubbish players, does it matter who comes in? Is yeah. it just a case of recruitment's been so bad over the years that this is what you've got now? 
I mean, it's a good point because the players are the players and they're not good enough. But I suppose a new coach comes in and finds a way to get the best out of them. Like, like Poster Coglu was done at Tottenham because those players last season, end of, the, end of the season, terribly at Tottenham. But a lot of those players are still there, but he's got them playing well. You know, look at, we, we can't always talk about Roberto Deserve, but look at Gary O'Neill at Wolves, what he's done at Wolves, a team that was really struggling at the start of the season. So coaches can find a way to get the best out of players. They can put certain players in positions where they're not going to be exposed as Dallow was tonight, as, as Lindelof was in the derby. You know, he's, he's putting players onto the pitch in positions where they're basically put on the pitch to fail because they haven't got the attributes to succeed in the positions they're playing. Now, I'd imagine a, a top-level coach wouldn't do that. He'd put players in positions where they're comfortable, where they can have a positive effect on the game. But Ten Hag, I, I actually think this, this job is too big for Ten Hag. He's come to the club and, he, and he's, had, he's had a good season last year and he's got a bit carried away thinking, I've had a great season, I've got rid of Ronaldo. And he's got carried away and he's taken on Sancho and failed. Getting rid of Ronaldo is absolutely easy because Ronaldo wasn't performing and he went on television and gave this you know, nuclear interview to Piers Morgan. We hit, the club had to get rid of him. That was easy. The Sancho situation has backfired, and I think the dressing room have seen the fact now that he's, he's made a big call and it's backfired because Sancho's thought, well, I'm, I'm not, I'm not apologising. So where's your authority there? When players start talking about needing to be coached, when you're international footballers, the game's up. Now, you can work at a lot of things in the training ground, but, you know, nobody needs to tell Diego Dallo that he needs to sprint back because Almiron's going to be in his outside. That's not coaching, it's just basics. That's just desire, understanding. There's this, the, 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 list, the list is endless. And this just post gone over his comments from the weekend about the toe-to-toe -to -toe with Man City in the first half, which was absolute nonsense. They couldn't even go toe-to-toe -to -toe with, with Newcastle reserves. And I agree with Augie, I think this is looking like a job that's just, just way too big for him now in his second season. The first season was looking like a, a, a flash in the pan. And look, all these other coaches that are, you know, when Gerard left Villa and Unai Emery comes in, it needed a big turnaround, and, and they've got it. You know, the names are all out there. Postacoglu, Deserbi, even Marco Silva last year comes up with Fulham. They hardly spent a bean. We're excellent. Okay, it hasn't been as great this year, but there is a list of managers who have done a way more with less. That's his problem. Now, I, I do get it. We could still go back to the, the players that still need to be outed at this club. Uh, the whole thing is a mess, but at the end of the day, the buck only ever stops with one person, whether we like that or not. And that's Eric Ten Hag, so he needs to figure something out quickly. But I, I get the feeling he's not. He's not. I don't. I think this ship is taking on far too much water now for him to turn this around. I really do. I, I think for for United and certainly in terms of, of the, that new manager search, is they've got to be a little bit uh, more creative in, in their thinking. I, you, you can't help but feel, and especially you have discussions to, to your question around who next, is you, you were looking for a manager who's won silverware, a manager who, who brings a ready-made ready reputation, where um, I, I, I think the, the appointments of, of Postecoglou, though he did really well up, up, up in Scotland, and Deserby shows that it's a whole lot more than that. It's, it's about the right fit the but right isn't it one, it's right one fit. thing coaching Brighton or Spurs we know the attention that Manchester United get yes but my, my point being it cannot just be Manchester United cannot just think well who's won something right and who can I bring in it, it's it's everything about about United's recruitment suggests that and across the board suggests that it's just been that one dimensional everything about their thinking and as a result this is where you end up with a manager who isn't able to change things when things go poorly and players who simply don't know what to do in terms of um, digging themselves out of, of a hole that they played a big part in, in, in digging. The only thing that was ever going to cover, the only thing that was ever going to potentially have some chance of covering up this mess was a striker who, at the drop of a hat, could change a game. And that's not Rasmund Hoyland at the moment. And that isn't Mason Mount, and that isn't clearly a goalkeeper from Inter Milan and previously Ajax. Where all that money went, the only thing that had half a chance, half a chance of bailing him out was a Harry Kane-esque figure. Somebody like that. When you, ha when you don't have that and you're relying on players like these and, and a youngster who's trying to make his way in a game, like, like Rasmus Hoyland, and we talked about this before the game, then you're not going to be able to buy yourself time. Let's just say you try to buy yourself time. 
The only way they were going to do that was getting a guy up front that were going to bail them out. And they didn't do it. They went and spent the money, I think, stupidly in other positions. Go on, Frank. Uh, well, you know, I, I'm okay hearing the, the guys talking about and blaming the, the, the coach and that I have no prime. He has to take his responsibilities. But we have to talk about the players. You know, I mean, I see the names of the, of the squad and you have some talents and you can deny that. But you were talking about, Ogi was talking about, well, what can they say in the dressing room right now? You know, can they talk to each, other, to each other? But you have to have credit in order to talk to somebody else. So you have to prove on the field that you, you can talk and criticize a player to make him react because of what you did. But nobody is able to do that because they were all bad. So I, I'm okay to, to, to criticize the coach, but the players right now, they have to to get something out of their personalities and, and try to work on that. I mean, they're shameful. They do nothing to have some credit, to work, to show some leadership, to show some pride. They do nothing. I mean, they always try to find excuses and we always try to find excuses and we say, okay, you know what, it doesn't work, so get rid of the coach and we can see maybe like, like Tottenham or some other club is going to work because it works with Tottenham. But it's not always like that. And we can see that clubs, you know, disappearing for 10 years because of some players not doing their jobs. And they are paid a large amount of money to do the job. But what we see today from Fernandez, Rashford, uh, Maguire, uh, Casimiro is nothing but professionalism for me. They don't show anything to their fans. Yeah, but I, I'm fully in agreement about the players. But... At the end of the day, what has been the plan all along from how they're going to approach a game? Right? We see Tottenham pushing these fullbacks into midfield and leaving themselves two and two at the back. We see what Brighton does, uh, very similar with fullbacks, and how Dunk almost gets it from the goalkeeper in the six yard line. They tempt people in, then they pass around the press. City, obviously, have got multiple ways of playing. What, what are they trying to achieve in terms of the way they're playing? I mean, you looked at the Newcastle side, right? You looked at the back four and you thought, probably never played together as a back four, to my knowledge. Certainly an inexperienced back four uh, as a unit. And then you looked at the Man United front line. It didn't, did not look great. But you got Martial, you got Garnacho, you got Mount behind, and then you got uh, Anthony on the other side. Where was the light? Let's just from the off, from the kickoff. Hey, we're Man United. We need a response from the City game. We're at home. We've got 70,000 here. When their keeper gets it and he passes it out to the back, we go like the light brigade. Right. Charge. We get in and we press it. And the midfield gets up behind. And the back line gets up behind. And we, we, we trust ourselves. And if they knock it over the top, we trust ourselves that the back four, particularly the fullbacks, are quick enough to get round in the cover. And we put them under pressure and we smother them because this, this is a reserve side. And we show, we show the crowd we're going to press and we're going to do this. And when we win it back, we win it back in higher areas up the field. We don't see that. They sit back and allow teams like Newcastle second string to do what they want. They allowed Burnley to do what they want. They allowed Sheffield United. They allowed Wolves. The list goes up. They're allowing teams to do what they want. That stops, that comes from the manager. And guess what? If you put players out there and say, I want you to press, I want you to press the fullback, I want you to press the centre back, and when they do that, I want the midfield to get up behind. Do you know if they don't do it? Off. Mm -hmm. Right, off. You have to set a standard. There is no standards at Manchester United. You go to Man City, because they are the prime example. They're the big cheese at the moment across Europe. If you don't do it in that city side, you're either off or you're on the bench next game. Yeah. You don't do it, you're off. It's, it's not, there's no questions. No questions asked. You either do what that manager wants or you're getting the hook. That doesn't happen at Man United. Uh, Mark and Nadam, uh, we'll let you go, but just give us some final thoughts first, please. Well, I mean, we talk about a new manager. And I'm just sort of thinking, what could they do? Where could they go? And that might be the thing that holds them back because there's no obvious candidate, is there? You, you, know, you talk about people like Roberto De Zerbi, but would he want to come to Man United right now? It's one of the biggest clubs in the world, but if you're a manager to come here, the club's set up to fail. So that's the problem, that it's, it's a toxic club now for any manager to come into. And for me, I'm stunned as a blue that like Man United made me this angry in a defeat. But what I would say is, as you look back at those goals that they conceded, you know, we can see from the outside how bad that those goals were. Well, try and look back and think of the reactions that you saw from the players on the field. 
Did they accept that from each other? Well, yes, they did. Mm. How could you accept that in this instance, in the context of what this week has just been? Like, I'm genuinely like jaw to the floor stunned because I did not expect that from them at all. Thought the second half would be better. Maybe it got worse. And I think Newcastle fair played to them for being defensive and sort of doing what they needed to do. But that's one of the worst performances from Manchester United I think I've ever seen. Should have listened to Augie at half time, Nathan. He told you it was over. Yeah, Augie was, he was ready to go on. <laughs> he, he did, to be fair. Did. Did. Uh, that was it. Uh, guys, thank you uh, so much. Just a reminder plenty of content over on our YouTube channel. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to go to ESPN FC and subscribe. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled, and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And the London Stadium, West Ham knocking Arsenal out of the Carabao Cup. In the end, it was a comfortable 3-1 win for David Moyes' side. Uh, Frank, so with us, uh, Craig, is this a big deal? I don't think so. Why is it a big deal? Not, why is United a big deal? Oh, it's no, not a big I knew deal. I going to say that. Because I'm, just, I'm just saying. I know you just because There'll be some uh, Man United fans going, oh, you're not going to have a go at Arsenal. Well, it's a completely different scenario, isn't it? Man United are the shambles and Arsenal are not. Uh, this competition is one that I'm slightly disappointed because, and I'm sure the sponsors will be, because I'm sure they'd want the likes of Arsenal, Man City, maybe even Man United, because they try, you know, it's a big global audience for them, although they're absolutely rank rotten to watch. But all these big clubs, you know, you'd expect to get to the quarters, semi-finals, maybe even the final. And I'm not saying Arsenal took their eye off the ball, but he made changes and, and hasn't worked for them. But, uh, well, put it one way, I don't think, I think Arsenal fans will be pretty happy that they can go and concentrate on, on other matters. Uh, do you agree, Frank? Not a big deal? It's not a big deal you know, if at the end of the season you get something out of it. I mean, if you don't get any silverware because you sacrifice uh, that uh, competition and but you get you finish second in the Premier League, you are out in maybe semi-final of the Champions League and you lose in the FA Cup. Um, you will have a season with uh, nothing, so you may you might regret the fact that you lost uh, against West Ham. So um, it's not a big deal because I, I agree with Craig. You know, you want to concentrate on bigger competition, but at the end of the day, a silverware is a silverware, and for players, it's always important. So. It would have been maybe a chance because Manchester City didn't take it seriously um, to get something out of it, but um, decided that way. He had to re rotate. That's, that I understand but they didn't do the game that we were expecting, that's for sure. But they put a, put a team out strong enough to win. Yeah, most definitely. We said that uh, before the game, didn't we? There's enough attacking force there. Yeah, listen, I, I think you show exactly how deep this Arsenal squad is. Because West Ham made changes as well. Yeah, um, but as I was saying, I still show how, how deep a squad it is. And without question, uh, I think pound for pound, Arsenal certainly the, the stronger starting eleven than than West Ham, but just given where Arsenal are, given all the fronts that they, they continue to, to challenge on, um, it's one that if you win, you're happy for it. If you lose, you're not really that disappointed. Uh, the Carabao Cup don't want VAR in these stages because there are some clubs that you can't be used at, hence it won't be used until the semi-finals. 
It's their call, isn't it? So uh, the FA Cup, I believe, uh, they have it at grounds where... Yeah, Premier League grounds, yeah. ...feasible to have it, and the others, that they just have to run with it. And look, what we saw in the Car this Carabao Cup across the board tonight was quite a few conspicuous decisions, right? That's been one of them. Uh, there was others that, uh, when people are out there and say, well, you know, I don't like this VAR thing, it keeps doing this. We, what, when you take a look at this Carabao Cup, there's at least four or five glaring refereeing errors that VR would have went back and you would imagine uh, had got the decision correct and helped the referee. Uh, that's where it's, you know, that's where I don't get the argument that that we need to go back to this just officiating with the three guys and the fourth official. Yeah. It's like to, as if it's the 1970s. To, to that point, if there are five glaring errors and VAR gets four of them right and, and one they, they mess up, you, you can't throw all the others right. out because... But they want a level playing field, chat. They don't think it's fair if some, I, listen, some now, games I, have VAR and some others. I think you want a level playing field between the two teams that are competing against each other. And as long as both of them are playing under the same conditions, whatever those conditions may, may look like, VAR or not, windy or not, that, that, that's, all, that's all that, that really matters. So I, I, I don't get this. I don't get this well. We can use it at this ground, but, but not at, at, at the other. I mean... If it's available, use it. It makes the game better, in my opinion. Uh, a lot of people don't like VAR, Frank, and they cite that it makes a lot of mistakes. But when you see games like this, yeah, it, it's impossible to kind of put it back in the box, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. That would be completely uh, unreasonable to, uh, to think that uh, you would have a better football without the VAR. The VAR has proven, especially when the VAR is not there, that it's proven that you need the VAR. And uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about Chelsea. You have three decisions from the ref uh, and you could have three penalties uh, on that game against Blackburn. On that matter, you know, Ramsdale should have, uh, should have, have a, a foul for him and uh, therefore the goal should have been disallowed easily with the VAR. Easily, with only professional people in the VAR, of course. Not people in the restroom at the time or in the, in the bar <laughs> at the time, you know. But, uh, like we see sometimes. But, obviously, the VAR made an improvement for refereeing uh, in the world, and it has to be used. I mean, the Carabao Cup is a, it's games between professional teams, if I, if I don't mistake. So it should be everywhere a possibility to have the VAR in those games. Uh, thank you very much, Frank. So West Ham then advanced to the next round of the Carabao Cup. And just a reminder, ESPN FC, uh, I wonder what we lead with tomorrow. Uh, ESPN <laughs> FC, we are with you every single day. Uh, be sure to join us. Chelsea booked a place in the next round. They beat championship side Blackburn by two goals to nil. Uh, Frank, you watched this game. All good? No, <laughs> the, oh. the, the result is good. Uh, the way that Chelsea played didn't, doesn't allow me to say that I was good. I mean, I was against Blackburn and with all due respect, you know, except the fact that, uh, yeah, they won that game. Uh, they were mostly in control of the game. Uh, I didn't see any uh, problem that we saw uh, before resolved, for sure. For sure. I mean, still have some problems at front, uh, still a bit shaky at the back. I mean, he didn't show also the Cucurella push, uh, pushing in a 16-yard in box, which should have been a, also a penalty. It could have been a different result. Even if Chelsea was better than Blackburn, there were so many mistakes, uh, so many bad crosses from, uh, from Sterling, for example. I mean, that was everything that I know about Chelsea and again that we didn't see resolved against a, a so-called lesser team so yes they go through but they still have everything to do and lots of to do for Pochettino yeah it's big boy time now isn't it for Pochettino when you take a look at the fixtures that are coming up for Chelsea the first of which uh, is on Monday at Spurs then City Newcastle Brighton and goodness knows who's going to be in charge of Manchester United. Uh, this is a proper stretch, proper test now for Chelsea, Frank. Yeah, it will be. And uh, it's when we're going to see if there, was, uh, there were improvements uh, from the Blues. You know, we say it's better. Uh, there was maybe an accident uh, the last weekend in the Premier League. But uh, overall, we, uh, we feel that it's still a bit better. Players are coming back little by little. Uh, but it's still not there. 
We're going to see. Tottenham is on fire. Uh, Chelsea, if they get a result uh, over there, that could be uh, also another another step forward, let's say, to uh, to uh, bigger improvements. But I'm, I'm still wondering where Chelsea are. And I still think that right now is still a, a, a middle... A middle, yeah, how do you say, middle team, middle, middle of class the uh, team. I don't know. Yeah. Thank you very much. Mid table. Thank you very yeah, much. table's better than middle mid of the table. Mid table. Thank you. Mid table. Well, I want a rundown printing. I'm not going to get flapping around. And nobody's around. paying any attention well, to the fact I, I, I want a rundown. You, <laughs> seem, you seem to be getting ignored. It's yeah, I know. I know. It's exactly. It's absolutely marvellous. It's great viewing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. It's just been waving papers. Watching you waving at a camera. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Let's go back, shall we, to the main talking point today. Manchester United losing against Newcastle by three goals to nil. Here's what Ten Hag had to say after the game. This is not good enough. And, uh, yeah. Uh, we have to take responsibility for it. I have to take responsibility for it. We don't give the performance, so yeah, I feel sorry for the fans. Um, but yeah, what I say, that is below our standards and we have to put it right. The fans, as you talk about, this has been going for about seven or eight years now, and I know that you haven't been responsible for all that time. How do you put it right, though, now? We have to recover from it, but, uh, um, but we have still... Um, uh, we have to do quickly, C quickly recover, and Saturday is the next game. But yeah, we have to, to raise our standards. This is not good enough. Can I ask, do you have the right characters? Do you have enough characters in this group of players to meet those demands, to meet those standards of Manchester United? We have. Uh, I'm, I'm confident in that. Um, players will stand up. and They are sticking together. Uh, you, you have seen, they tried. But we know this is not good enough, and as I say, um, I'm responsible uh, for this, and we have to do this together. You are responsible, but they have confidence, they have belief, and when confidence is down, it's quite tricky for that individual person to get it back. I assume that confidence is suffering right now. Yeah, that's logical, but you only get your confidence well, when first uh, uh, that you want to to play. Uh, first you get confidence when you uh, get the right results and it's only possible when you are following the rules, following the principles, be in the game, uh, winning your battles, uh, going to the fight, uh, but especially do together. Uh, you have to do it as a team. And is that why you say stick together and that's the way you will get through this? That is the only way. Uh, that you have to stick together, but you have to be disciplined and you have to do it in togetherness. Uh, everyone has to take responsibility, be accountable and yeah, cooperate. Uh, that's the key word. And, and just lastly, when you say you're responsible, do you make changes? Do you do something different this weekend against Fulham? Oh, first, uh, we have a night's sleep <laughs> and, uh, and then we will pick the team and the tactics and most important is, I think, yeah, uh, the mentality where we have to put in.
Reaction to that? Yeah, actually, it's one of the a bit of common sense actually for for uh, first time for quite some time from the United manager. I think tomorrow he talked about get a night's sleep. I think tomorrow he's got to go with his coaching staff and 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 look at his his squad and potential players for the game at Fulham and say who's going to fight and he's got to get the ones out the way that are not going to scrap from because the, uh, you can be you can have all the talent in the world. But that's, they're in a scenario. The first thing they have to do at Craven Cottage is roll their sleeves up and fight for their lives. After that, they can play their football, right? But they've got to do it, they've got to fight for each other and they've got to be prepared to go in and get dirty. And if he hasn't got enough people to do that, they're going to get beat. They'll get beat again. So that's the big question now. Can he, and he talked about it, Battling and all these things, we all mention it as players, and we'll, we've all been there, Shaq. Difficult periods, but it's even more difficult when you're playing at a club like Manchester United. But the first thing you do before you, before anything is not any all the fancy Dan stuff. You got to go in there and you got to do the basics, and if they don't do it, Fulham will beat them. The thing, just to, to that point. If you didn't get a response out of the team today after what happened against City, yeah. why would you see that fight yep. and that character against Fulham this weekend? Well, I, I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to offer some kind of an excuse. Maybe it's the changes, maybe it's the difference in competition that you, you don't see it. But um, again, kind of going on, on what Craig says, I'm, I'm, I'm looking through United squad, certainly the squad that, that they, they had today and on, on the bench. I, I'm not sure I can pick out 11 fighters. You know, to, let, let's... Never mind talent. Let, let's, let's talent aside and, and who plays where aside. If, if you started my picking 11 fighters, I'm looking at this squad and I'm not sure yeah. that I can. And, and that kind of speaks to the issue uh, as to how you, get, how you get a response. And while, listen, what, what Tenag has to say, for me, that's kind of middle of the road. You know, it didn't really say anything in, in all honesty. And, and maybe I'm just a cynic because, because of what I've heard before, that now I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of taking everything with, with a, a large handful of salt. I, it, it, it doesn't resonate with me at all. It doesn't resonate as being forceful or having the authority a manager needs for a team that's this poor. Frank, last word to this on you. Well, I think Shaka doesn't believe too much on human reaction. <laughs> I want to believe that, that they, they're capable of, they would be capable of doing something, but I couldn't more agree with Ten High. Only fighters, only mentality, get rid of the players who don't want to fight. We, he doesn't need technique players, he doesn't need talent, he needs fighters, warriors. That's the only way for him to survive. God, it's a right mess over there, isn't it? What, in, in Manchester or my desk? <laughs> I, I, I'm wondering what's more of a mess. The Man United performance, are you squirming around? Uh, and you didn't even say thanks. Well, well when? I brought your running order. Oh, yeah, thanks. Uh, just a reminder, a lot more reaction to what we've could've seen not, this week on the latest edition of the Gab uh. and Jules podcast. Uh, that drops on Thursday. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Uh, just a reminder, La Liga, of course, on ESPN Plus throughout the season. Las Palmas against Atleti, our game on Friday. Saturday, we'll focus on Real Sociedad against Barca. And Sunday, it's Real Madrid against the aforementioned Rave Ercano. <sighs> that is it. That, bring, that brings us uh, to the end of... I'm telling you, we're doing the Carabao Cup now? We, are we going to do it an extra time? Oh, oh, look at the excitement. Complicating it again. <laughs> <laughs> Complicating it again. Frank's back with us for extra time, which is all about the Carabao Cup draw. Now which? Here it comes. <laughs>
Welcome into the latest edition of Extra Time. This is our sixth hour in this studio. What a lovely time we've had so far. Craig's with us, Shaka, Frank as well. Uh, as promised, let's start then, shall we, with the Carabao Cup. Here comes the draw. Here it is. Uh-huh. Chelsea, Newcastle, Everton, Fulham, Port Vale, Borough, Liverpool, West Ham. Oh, there we go. Uh, yeah. Could have been kinder to West Ham. Oh. What happens when you don't have a VAR? There you are. That's <laughs> <laughs> what What, the draw? <laughs> need VAR for the draw. Why do you need VAR for the draw? <laughs> How are you, Frank? Lovely? Yeah, lovely. Uh, happy for Kay. Kay has a good draw for Middlesbrough. Kay? So Where's she Kay? Oh, came oh, Kay Murray. Yeah. Oh, I see. Uh, we'll be here by... Yeah, uh, Kay uh, Murray. She must be next, very happy. Where's the next she... round of games? Say again? Where's the next round of Carabao Cup games? Oh, shit, you're asking too many questions. Uh, be, uh, Surely it's in them people. There must be one of these Surely papers. It's in there somewhere. After Christmas. There we are. We'll be hearing about that from Kay from Norton then. What? Borough against Port Vale? Yeah. Oh, God. You, underesti- you underestimate, Kay. Uh, there we go. Right. How- Fulham, Everton. Everton, Fulham. November the 18th, apparently. I told you, after Christmas. Be on the mind. Stevie doesn't know when Halloween. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Listen, yeah. listen I'm all over this carnival. <laughs> Trust me. Um, uh, speaking of Stevie not knowing when Halloween was, he didn't know the date. I had no idea that it was on the 31st Real of October Steve. every year. Told them next year it's December 25th. <laughs> <laughs> How did the kids and grandkids do last night for Halloween? Did they fill up their bags? Real question. How much candy did you eat last night? And at the small, my boys did really well. They just had tons of it. So define really well. Just so much candy, it's difficult to carry. It's a good haul. Do you know how it was? When, when did we get back last night? Well, we finished. It was after eight. Yeah. Right? Yes. Just after eight. Yeah. Pretty dark. No, no, the kids must have came early. Right. Nobody came to the house. But you live on quite a sprawling estate, don't you? So it's not quite the same. So I live quite a little house with lots of other little houses. Yeah. So and I've got three dogs. Yes. Which kind of... Yeah. And you can kind of, you there's, can a scare, there's a scare factor. Yes. You kind of see parents. <laughs> and Burley at the window. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't, don't, go, don't go to that guy's house. <laughs> no, no, because I... Uh, that guy with no teeth. Listen, don't go to his house. <laughs> listen. Burley at the window growling. <laughs> listen, <laughs> I have, listen, this is... It's all about tactics. I've spent years on Halloween, and the kids come to the door. I, they just they come down the drive, open the door, say, "Get lost!" Oh, yeah. Nice. And now right. yeah. it's taken like. And now your family do it to you. T- <laughs> ten years in, yeah, they've got like, <laughs> placards and stuff. <laughs> ten years in, it's finally paid dividends. There we go. Uh, I, oh, we also too old, are they? Kids. For trick or treat. Yeah, they, they go out on their own now. They don't bother with us. No. Yeah, they don't go out. I mean, we have candy, and yes. kids come to our our house, and we give out candy. Yeah, we normally just never. Maybe they came early last night. I don't. I think it gets. I think it's less and less now. What? No, it's not. Kids going round. No, it's huge. Like in my town, it's everywhere. But as you as you said, you you live in a bit of a cheapskate town. (laughs) Just people coming round. Free candy, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Frank, did you do anything for Halloween? Uh, no, we don't really celebrate in France. It's not kind of a, it's not a kind of a no. tradition. So you have barely some kids coming around, but not. And I went on stage last night, so no, I didn't answer no. to anybody. That <laughs> was scary enough. <laughs> At what point will Manchester United consider sacking Eric Ten Hag? I don't think we've discussed United much, have we today? Uh, who? Who? What we're starting? To, who's on tomorrow? I'm on I tomorrow. Am. Are you back on tomorrow? Yeah, I'm back You're on tomorrow. You're working t- hard this week. Well, there we go. You've got, you got, got many Craig, I'm on tomorrow. You're on tomorrow? There you are. Oh, fair play. Frank, um, would Zidane want the job, do you think? Oh, I don't think so. No. <laughs> I didn't talk to him, but I can bet he won't get it. No, I know. You know, we, we talked about that. Who wants to go there? That's always the same issue, you know? And uh, I don't see a big-time coach coming there because he doesn't want to take that risk. Who's, who's around? Antonio Conte. Oh, I wouldn't <laughs> bring it down job. to another level. I wouldn't take that job until this whole takeover right. match is, is, is... Yeah. Well, have you been offered it? Sorted out. Are you in the running? Uh, <laughs> oh, Burley and Nickel. Imagine that combination oh, on the touchline. Me. Well, he, so well, he wouldn't know days the game were. <laughs> That'd be so much fun. I'll tell you what, I know who... I'd... No, I'm going to say nothing. I know who my first targets would be in the dressing room. Oh. Mr. Mr. Tony? That's his Halloween face. <laughs> yeah, that's what guys, look at the face that keeps the kids away from the house, you know. Uh, what? Buy dogs. 
You've got a dog. Yeah, but she's not exactly intimidating, is she? Is she not? No. Uh, what did Edu and Arteta see in Havertz to pay £65 million to him, Frank? Oh, we are still wondering. I mean, um, I mean that's crazy because we, we all knew what, uh, what Havertz could not bring to a team when he was playing for Chelsea. So some fans are saying, yeah, he's the guy who scored the goal for the Champions League. But we saw so much inconsistency from that player. Yes, he has the, he has the talent. Yes, he's, uh, he can bring something when he's really into it. But he's so much not often into it that you don't know when to use him. And we all talked about that, about Arteta. is more problem than a, than a solution. And that's for 65 million, uh, that's, uh, that's an issue. How many Saarbrücken players can you name, Shaka? None. What a result for them today. <laughs> Very good. Third tier. Especially that one guy. Yes. Yeah. It just opened. Shaka, I'll talk uh, you open the app. Oh, uh, I don't think Shaka's out. Poor Harry no. Kane. It's no, not the, in the, the, the real, the real question, Dan. No. No. The, the, right, the, the real question there is question about Saarbrücken. You have to. Do you know where it is? Already? Germany. Oh, it's not too obvious. Yes, but where? Of course, it's in Germany. <laughs> but where in Germany? It's in the. It's in the east coast. Nah, no. Where? It's close to. Uh, it's close to uh, Strasbourg. It's not too far from Strasbourg. Ah, oh, have you been so, there? Is it nice? Where, where's Strasbourg? It's in the north end. Uh, it's in the no, north. no, no. I, I never been. Never been there. Never been there. Only uh-huh. one left. But it's. Uh, no. Is it in the north? That's it. That's all you got for us on Saarbrücken. It's near Strasbourg. Uh, well, yes. Okay. Uh, Make your own researches. At least you won't know the players, but you will know the so where is the that city in the north is. or not? Well, it must be on the border of France, yeah? No, it's, uh, it's, to... it's west. It's west. It's west. There you go. There you go. That's what Craig said. Yeah. After east. <laughs> north, east, south, west. So it's not near Berlin. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not today. Not, not today. It's been a long day. <laughs> oh, what a trip that was. For Frank, who was better in their prime? Trezeguet or Giroud? Ooh. <laughs> oh. I love the mentality of Giroud. The guy never gives up and he's been criticised everywhere but done the job. Trezeguet was very special. Um, I think it was more accurate, technically better. It was feeling the, the game and uh, where to stand to, to score, like, uh, like Ali said, you know, his kind of range goal. Um, he knew exactly what to do, it was more, was, yeah, more clever, but um, I like the mentality of Giroud. Where does Anelka fit into this? Oh, you want to ask more questions? Right in. You need to write in, Craig. Hashtag. Oh, Why are you now? Time was what? I think Anelka was more complete than the two others. He was more complete. Anelka was more complete than the two others. What's he doing now, Frank? Anelka? Mm. I don't know. Maybe uh, counting his his money. (laughs) He has Mm. enough, you know. (laughs) I don't know. Remember he went to Bolton? Yes. You think about it, Bolton. Do you remember back in the day? Yeah. Yeah. JJ Kocha. Yes. Yeah. Herrera. Yeah. Campos was there as well, wasn't he? Was Campos there? Yeah, yeah Campos was there. there Over yeah. Anelka. I mean, he's born. There we go. Right. Uh, Jock F. Jock F went there. <laughs> <laughs> it's Bolton. Bloody Bolton. Jock uh, F. Can you imagine? Well, well, talk- oh, yeah. Yeah. That gets busy at trick-or-treating. Bolton. <laughs> Bolton. The Liverpool game was played in a monsoon today. No, that was a normal uh, north of Scotland. Uh, What's the worst weather you can remember playing in, Shaka? I remember playing that weather all the time, that rain. It's England. Yeah. It's like that everywhere. Did you wear trousers at all? I've only worn trousers. I wore trousers when I was playing for Reading to start with. Oh, I, I, that's, that'll be my answer. Um, when I just joined Reading, I played away to Barnet and, and suffering with hypothermia. I had to have a massage with, at halftime because I'm frozen. Seriously. 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 <laughs> so they had to come and, to come and rub me down at halftime. 
And remember, and, and back in those days, you only had like two subs, so they hadn't, they didn't have a goalie on the bench. So I had to go back home, honestly. It was awful. It was awful. God. I bet the manager thought we've got one here. Yeah, Mark McGee was the manager. He's like, oh, big God. tough goalkeeper. There we go. Let's get that knot out. <laughs> hey, hey, mommy, oh, We had a we had a, um, one, one staff a guy called Mick Hickman, and he spent whole half time the, the, using boiling water trying to warm me up. It was. Oh God! Oh, Pouring boil a kettle of water. They boiled me. They boiled me to try to send me out. Second degree burns. They boiled me. Second, send me out. The second half. Uh, what about you, Frank? Uh, I played for Chelsea, uh, for Strasbourg, and uh, for five years every winter we That's had a Sa- frozen is that uh, pitch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's very near to Saarbrücken, <laughs> oh, east nice. of Saarbrücken. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was crazy because we—it uh, was League One game, and uh, we we shouldn't have played. And we played every time, like twice, maybe a year, twice a season. We play on in, on uh, on the frozen field, and uh, you cannot stop. So you start running, and you keep on running, and you can't stop. And then, so that was pretty amazing. But the best, I think, was Tromso in the Champions League with Chelsea when we had to stop the game second half three times because we couldn't see the lines anymore. It was snowing that much. And uh, uh, that was that was absolutely unreal. Really unreal. I'm Scottish. You can't ask me about bad weather. Yeah. Okay. You like it. Embrace it. No, but I can't remember. There's been that many. Did you ever wear gloves? Damn. How dare you? What? Gloves. No. I don't know why. Gloves. <laughs> gloves. How Because nobody, no, nobody in the dressing room was allowed to leave with gloves on. Right. No. No. Jackie, Jackie, gloves. Huh? Name the goalie. Well, even that was a debate. Yeah. <laughs> Mind you, the goalies I played with didn't need them. Did, did you wear gloves, Frank? Ever? Oh, me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because in Strasbourg, I tell you, when it's uh, minus 10, uh, yeah, Celsius, yeah. yeah, you have yeah, to wear you gloves. You didn't wear any gloves uh, at Chelsea. Uh, no, no, no. No, 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 no. I became a warrior when I came to England. Whoa. Yeah, sure. Scottish boys. There you go. <laughs> no, not just anybody playing Celtic. No, no. But you wear a big glove when you're playing golf. I don't. Yes, you do. Big mitt comes out. Yeah, I've got I've got mitts <laughs> when the when the temperature drops. Because my circulate you want a deep story? <laughs> the circulation of my fingers, oh my god. Oh, you need a good massage on the <laughs> night. It's a boiling water. It's a boiling water. Don't try this at home. Pour <laughs> boiling water in <laughs> That'll sort you out. Uh, Bro, just pull the water over my head, that'll help my hands. Uh, Craig, despite the loss to Fulham, Ipswich Town have looked really solid this year. Yeah. Would they fare better in the Premier League than Luton Town? Well, I think it's <clears throat> Kieran McKenna, I think, is the manager. And he's a very mo- I don't know the guy, but apparently I was reading something about it today. Like drones at the training ground, big like big 50-inch screens at the side. So as soon as a player makes a mistake in training, they go and look at it. I mean, it's like, whether you agree with it or not, it is like up-to-date coaching. Uh, and it's clearly made a difference. They've not been in that position for a long, long time. Uh, would they do better than Luton? I don't know. I haven't seen enough for the championship. All right, give me a take that back. I haven't seen any of the championship. <laughs> Of course, you can see it on ESPN Plus, but I've been too busy. There you are. What, is he doing what? Scaring kids away. Getting ready for the Caribou Cup. Getting your shouting at dogs and pouring hot water on myself. Darwin and Harland are very different players. Who? Darwin and Harland. Darwin Nunez? Yeah, I know that. We said who? Uh, yeah, but you said Darwin Nunez. But why, why use a first name for one and a sudden... I don't know, Craig. I'm just reading. All right? There's no use in comparing them. But just how high is Darwin's potential? He does so many good things off the ball, can clearly score and create, uh, polish up a few things, and you have a genuine world-class striker. His goal was brilliant today, wasn't it? And it's a little bit early for, for that, I think. Look at me for. I don't know, just something, Shaq. Add something. Add something. something. Put the kettle on, will you? That's it. (laughs) He's got. Frank, would you like to add anything? Rigor mortis is sitting. No, 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 no. They're two different players, and uh, you, it's hard to compare them right now. They don't play the same way. What a night that was, Sarbrook.
Saarbrücken. Oh, oh, beautiful. He's coast. Uh, thank you very much, Frank. Uh, thank you to everyone. Good that Berlin. is it. ESPN FC is back Berlin. tomorrow. More Saarbrücken. So I'm sure we'll be talking about Saarbrücken. Oh. We'll have Jan well, or Archie up there. When I tune in tomorrow, I'll have my feet up. Don't talk about Man United, will you? Right. Don't. Okay. Why? Because this is upsetting. It's upsetting you. <laughs> what you need is a nice massage. That's <laughs> it. We're back tomorrow. Goodbye. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They're the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled, and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C, ebikes.com.